Hi everyone, I'm Laura Warnod, and this is the Wonder Workers podcast. Wonder Workers is an interview-based podcast where I invite change makers to talk about their experience, their mission, and drive towards impacting the world, and ultimately to inspire, educate, and empower entrepreneurs, business leaders, and owners, and young people on how they can build together a more sustainable world. This community of wonder workers act behind the scenes to lead the world towards a new era of purpose, self-actualization, and innovation. This is a generation who shows no limits to what they can accomplish, no tolerance for dehumanization, and use their uniqueness as a real power to change the world. We want to invite you, responsible leaders, entrepreneurs, young people, and all other listeners in your quest for purpose to give you too the power to change the world. But having powers alone does not make us superheroes. Even them need allies. It's only when we accept our differences, combine our powers, belong and thrive together that our forces can turn into superpowers. We are Wonder Workers, a community of change makers, entrepreneurs, business owners, and aspiring ones who use their superpowers collectively to change the world. So tell me, what are your superpowers? In today's episode of Wonder Workers, I'm with Vivian Parashiv. I was so inspired by her experience of working in the fashion industry and now running her own business, which does align with my background quite a lot. And that's what got me driven to contact her and learn more about her experience. After our first coffee chat, I really, really left so energized and motivated and full of advices on how I could go forward with my business. And yeah, as I told her, it really felt like talking to a mentor. I'm always so keen to understand more about what makes change makers tick, what drove them to where they are today, and how they're living and experiencing their entrepreneurial journey. So I'm so glad to have her on the podcast as a fashion change maker. She's also a very funny and bubbly and smart, effervescent woman who has a lot of experience working in the fashion industry. Um, as I said, she's actually telling us a really funny story about a time when she worked at the very beginning of her career. She's also telling us about, you know, the journey of becoming a founder and how do you go about creating your own business and all the trial and error that you need to go through before feeling comfortable jumping into the entrepreneurial adventure and what does success means to her, what were the challenges that she encountered while, you know, building a business, and what did she learn from it. There's so many interesting insights, and I'm really, really excited for you to listen to Vivian's story today. So let me tell you a little bit more about Vivian. With over 12 years in the industry, Vivian has built the future of luxury and fashion at a global scale within some of the most renowned companies, such as Louis Vuitton, Ralph Lauren, and Farfetch, leading teams across Paris, Brussels, London, and Hong Kong. She also launched in 2019 a community for fashion professionals, Fashion Conversations, to elevate our knowledge and share resources and opportunities. She now launched her consulting business to support innovation-led startups, structure their development, and build a sustainable strategy and operations. I mean, I'm really excited to have her in the podcast. I'm sure you're going to love this episode. It's a very authentic and organic conversation. Well, let's jump in. 
Hi, Vivian. Thank Hi, you for Laura. being here. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's it's so good to have you here. We've actually met for the first time a couple of weeks ago, and I found, I mean, that you know we got along very well like the first time, and I really had like a really great conversation with you oh, about, cool. um, yeah, about entrepreneurship and fashion, and because we have a similar background, mm -hmm. I think we're kind of aligned on some of the things that we're doing today as well yeah. um and i really felt like i was talking to a mentor or like oh my god um, <laughs> wow <laughs> <laughs> no but you gave me actually really great advices on you know like the direction that i could take for my business and what i could do and so on and when i left our coffee chat i was so like energized i had so so much stuff in my head i oh, came cool. back home and i was like writing all the notes that i needed all I'm the glad. things that i needed to do so yeah and just saying that it was um it was great and i'm really glad to have you here today no thank you it's really really fun and i you know i also really appreciate our chat like i think when you have sort of a conversation that really goes both ways you know it's not just like you giving all the the answers like it was really like interesting and uh yeah enjoyed it so thank you so much for inviting me today cool so i guess today we're here to talk about your business and what you do and you as an entrepreneur so same question i asked to all my guests at the very beginning is what's your story who is vivian oh my god okay <laughs> that's uh yeah let's do the short version no i'm mm -hmm. kidding yeah i'm essentially who am i today i think that's like the most important because obviously i feel like i've evolved a lot in the past you know a uh, few years i'm really bad at counting and also i'm scared at saying how many years i've been you know working for makes me feel very old but yeah today i would sort of describe myself as entrepreneur but also a consultant i really enjoy working with companies and people specifically because I think that's what's really driving me it's working with amazing people who have great ideas and I you could describe it as a growth consultant so I really help taking a great idea taking a great you know small team that have an amazing product an amazing service and help them grow help them find clients but also build for sustainable growth and I'm not just saying sustainable in the sense that it's good for the planet obviously that's one of my topics that I'm very passionate about but it's also how do you set up a business that can grow that can scale but in the same time being you know prepared for it in terms of your operations your team structure and a lot of things that you have to do within a company um, to yeah really like scale fast but also in a in a good way Let's put it this way. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And so what are the steps in your journey that brought you to become a consultant mm. in innovation and, and growth? I don't think that there's been sort of like one, you know, wow moment or like mm. a ha moment where I thought this is like now this is my path. You know, I, mm. I think it's sort of a multitude of, of things. First, I think it is definitely my parents, like they're entrepreneurs they have their own company um so it's always sort of been and I've only realized that very recently but this is kind of the model that I had um even though my parents and my dad specifically like always wanted me to go into a big company you know because like obviously as a parent you project on your you know yeah. on your kids <laughs> um I think we all uh, know that yeah. or yeah. realize that at one point but I think that definitely was sort of one of the kind of shaping moments or mindset that I was brought up in. Um, the nine to five, like I never really 
you know, like it would never really happen in my household. Like my parents had to work weekends sometimes, but because they were working for themselves, like it's sort of like this very fluid state between you know, your life and also your work. So that's kind of how I was like brought up. And then I think as I sort of worked and I worked with like big companies, I only worked in very big teams, big structures. I worked at Louis Vuitton and Ralph Lauren and then Farfetch recently and all companies were public. Farfetch actually went public when I was um, already a part of uh, their the company. I was always sort of used to that structure, but then very often I would get from my managers, you know, when you get your reviews and stuff, they were like, oh, you're so entrepreneurial. Like you always think out of the box and you always like drive the team to think differently. Like, okay, that's interesting. You know, <laughs> like doing this for like 10 plus years, you kind of s- start seeing a pattern. And my now husband, you know, he's also an entrepreneur at heart. So I think that also really inspired me or challenged also a little bit. And at one point I just thought like it was probably the time to, you know, I had this like gut feeling of doing it, you know, mm-hmm. like it was kind of there and bubbling up. And then I sort of found, you know, it took me like a few years, to be honest, of thinking and discussing with friends and knowing how to position myself and what I could be offering and how I could be helping and who I could be helping out. Because mm-hmm. being a consultant is a really big word and it can mean so many things, but it, it I needed to make it like my own and really, really understand very clearly what my my USP was or, mm. you know, and who my clients, but also who I really wanted to work with, you know, because mm. that's the thing. It's when you're a consultant, sure, you're, there's like freedom, but you also have to be very clear in your mind about mm. who you want to spend your time with. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just like who's paying, obviously, but yeah. like who do you really want to work with? And yeah, it's like you have to be intentional about that. And so it took me a long time, to be to be fair, to kind of have this like very clear vision um, in my mind. And so, yeah, that's what led me to today. Yeah, no, that's it's so interesting because when I looked at your profile on LinkedIn and like all the experiences that you yeah. had, it seemed like you went from working in-house in fashion and luxury mm-hmm. brands. And then I feel like you've tried to found some companies as well or like yep. you, tr- you tried some entrepreneurial um, things and then yep. went back in-house and then so is there was a lot of like trial and error yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. it's you know it's like fail and iterate that obviously mm-hmm. like something that we use a lot of tech it's doing and failing and understanding like what was you know taking the learnings and I did have like you could call it a failed entrepreneurial experience I don't call it as a failure it was like mm. a super interesting learning curve I love my co-founder Mesh if you hear this like you know you, I still love you very much mm. and we parted ways in a you know like very nicely we worked on this project and this company for I think a bit more than a year it was during lockdown so also a very interesting challenging but interesting times to actually launch a business and we tried something I learned like a tremendous amount of things and then we kind of realized at one point like we wanted different things and we were not really aligned on like the you know on like how to do things and I was also at a tipping point in my life like I had just given birth and I'd become a mother and I was like okay this is like I needed to make a choice and know if I was still you know we were still aligned as co-founders and it wasn't so we kind of you know I kind of like decided to take a step back but 
I don't see it as a failure. Mm. And it was really interesting to kind of also do that while I was working, kind of understanding how you could build a business while not just quitting your, you know, like your job Mm -hmm. and just kind of seeing how it could grow and seeing the potential Mm. while also knowing like you could only allocate like at most a couple of you know hours a day at Mm. most (laughs) you know and I think that's a really interesting challenge you know too often I think we romanticize the idea of an entrepreneur who just like goes to their boss and says I'm you know I quit I hate this stuff Mm. and then has this amazing idea and then in Mm. in like two months they build a multi-million company you know like a lot of I think the really amazing entrepreneurs or at least the ones that inspire me are also the ones who who do this slowly and who do this mindfully and who try to, yeah, like balance everything out, Mm. you know? Yeah, no, definitely. And I think that's also why, you know, I'm so interested by talking to people like you who are kind of, you know, doing successful things for themselves. But, you know, there's a whole world for uh, like successful entrepreneurs before the actual like big success that we see like the whole behind the scenes and how does it work when you have an idea what happens between the moment when you have an idea to the moment you actually bring it to life but Mm -hmm. then you know once you bring it to life how do you actually grow it and like all the steps that you know goes to that so I think um, that's why it's really important I think to kind of put a light on this and talk about this as well and show the reality to people of what it means to be a, an entrepreneur. I'm wondering, what's your definition of success and what's your relationship to failure? And I think failure, it's interesting because I didn't actually like really enjoy failure when I was younger. I think I was taught it wasn't good. That also, I remember this like thing that was very ingrained. It's like, you cannot be average, you know? Like that was kind mm. of like the worst thing that you could do in my household. And I think that's one of the reasons why I probably never even like overdo things. I'm definitely, you know, working on trying to relax a little bit and not, not like try to put too many things on my plate or, and that's not an ongoing process. But I do really feel like I have become much more like I accept much more failure because I do think that it's more about the lessons that you get from it and it's funny because actually like when I started you know hiring people in my team and interviewing I always ask like what was your like biggest failure or tell me even not even a big one like one of your failures that you can think of I think it says a lot about a person and even you know recently in my one of my last experiences I had someone in my team who said, you know, like they were starting sort of to get some feedback, you know, constructive criticism. But it was really like we were really trying to do it sort of mindfully because I think I'm also a manager. Like, you know, I I take care of my people, you know, yeah, (laughs) I'm a mama bear, you know, (laughs) and, you know, and I kind of felt that, you know, she was a bit uncomfortable with it. And I started talking to her as a Mm -hmm. human being to human being. And she actually mentioned after a little bit while she like sort of warmed up or, you know, realized that we were not pushing her or anything. And she said, it's actually the first time that I'm getting you know, feedback, like I'm getting wow. like negative feedback mm-hmm. because before I've only been told I was like amazing and awesome and it was great. And and so like it's hard the first time that someone's and I remember like the first time I had and specifically in a work environment because I was pushing myself so hard in my first role and my first job. And like even I was trying to be 
someone else you know mm. I was like trying to be perfect I was trying to be like and I realized like people actually gave me feedback and said like we kind of feel like you're not like the real Vivian and blah blah mm. blah and like you know and like the first time it hit me so hard I was like fuck you know yeah. <laughs> can I say fuck yeah um <laughs> you know I was like shit like why am I doing this you know mm-hmm. and then obviously as part of my job like I also started working a lot more in tech and like you have to test and iterate and test and learn and see what works what doesn't because you can't know in advance so I'm all that to say that's a very long-winded answer but all of that to say like I feel like I'm much more comfortable with failure now and I it's not always easy but I really like try to embrace it much more mm. and really think of like the learnings and when I sometimes you know you, it's hard to like rewire your brain and when I go oh why did that not work out oh I feel like you know a bit of a failure I feel like mm. oh I don't feel good I can try and stop that sort of internal voice and go mm. it's okay Vivian you know <laughs> like yeah. I, okay I talk to myself it's a bit strange um, <laughs> I think everyone does yeah, probably. <laughs> at least I admit it <laughs> and you know kind of take a step back and and say that was like that was okay you know yeah. No big deal. No big deal. And how can you move forward? And then there was another question. What was the, the yeah, other question? Um, the reason I asked those two questions together is because, yeah, we, yeah, we tend to... Oh, success. Success, yeah. What's yeah. the definition of success? Because I guess sometimes from what I see from my experience as well is from all the kind of small failures yep. that um, we experience in life that also changes our definition of success yeah so yeah that's why I was interested to know that that's hard I think Mm -hmm. like knowing what my definition of success is I think for me it's and that's you know I think part of like what I'm able to do now is be able to choose the people that I surround myself with Mm. I think that's very important to me like the kind of energy that I allow to come into my life Mm -hmm. whether it's like friends obviously like Mm. you know we can choose like who's our friend or not but I think in business it's a lot harder and that to me is like one of the like definitions and I think the second is being successful for me is being able to choose how I spend my time Mm. and you know if I want to be with you today recording a podcast Mm -hmm. or if I want to close my laptop one hour earlier and go and pick up my daughter at nursery or you know just like stop with what I'm doing I think yeah being like independent and being able to really have a choice Mm. um, I think that is sort of important to me I always struggle with like other people telling me what What to do do? I mean no I'm not a rebel like but yeah because you worked in like really big companies and I guess you had like managers with yeah yeah I wasn't the worst I hope so (laughs) Um, no but I think that's like at the end of the day, you know, you, there's only 24 hours in a day, seven mm. days in a week. Yeah, no, I do relate to that too, I think. What is your definition of success? <laughs> <laughs> We're turning the yeah, interview exactly. around. <laughs> <laughs> My definition of success is to, yeah, I think as you said, like, have the freedom to do whatever I want, whenever I want, and kind of choose where I put my energy in as well. Like, mm-hmm from a people perspective but also from a time perspective and Mm -hmm. energy perspective I feel like obviously when you work for like big companies and you build experiences for working for companies and and stuff you're learning a lot of things but I feel like most of the time you end up being I don't know surrounded by people who do not necessarily want the best for you yeah and I feel like 
if you're working by yourself, then you can choose wherever you put your energy and kind of not be sabotaged by external things that you can't control. You know what I mean? So yeah, no, definitely, definitely that. And I guess I really relate to what you said as well about struggling with failure when you were young because Mm -mm. I had the same, I think. Depending on like the environment you grew up in, you sometimes have like an example of what success means and therefore if you want to reach that success you can't fail like it's like what what people teaches you and now I realize like that's actually put me in so many difficult situations Mm -hmm. to have that mindset because now you know I need to relearn how you know I kind of meet people how I do my work how I do stuff because Otherwise, I'm stressing out about every little thing yeah. because I'm scared to to fail. Yeah. So, yeah, I definitely relate to that. And I think I still have a lot of things to learn, obviously. But, but And yeah. I think that's what's really interesting about being a human being is like you have the ability to try and rewire your brain. Mm. You know, mm. it's hard, but it's it's feasible. I'm not an expert on it. Like there's mm. tons of like amazing people who talk about it and we can help. But obviously, like we're formatted to whatever our parents showed us or whoever we were surrounded with, whether it's like, a, you know, older like siblings or the, the family mm. structure or like all of these things obviously influence us. And then mm. when you become an adult, like hopefully you kind of are able to look into it a little bit and think if those patterns make sense, if they're mm. or if they're actually hurting you or yeah. and it's like it's hard, but mm. it's really interesting to be able to do that. Obviously, I like I went to therapy, you know, like yeah. we, we, yeah. we you know <laughs> <laughs> like it's you, sometimes you need a bit of help to do it. Yeah. But yeah, I think that's what's really exciting. It's like who you are today can be very different and will probably be very different from who you are in a couple of, you know, weeks, months, years, than even like who you were before. And mm. and we are able to, yeah, change ourselves and 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 try and I guess like improve and, you know, get better at doing things. But mm. I think that's what's exciting. Yeah, no, it's so funny that you're talking about that because I'm actually going through that process right now with my therapist as well and like with myself, I think I'm reaching an age where it is the time where you're kind of rethinking everything that you've learned during your It childhood. never stops, Laura. <laughs> oh, damn it. <laughs> I'm a bit older. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> yeah, I guess there's, there's loads of steps in life as well. Like, yeah. for example, becoming a mother. I'm sure that yep. that's like... We can that's... do a whole podcast yeah, about that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that, that must change like your whole perspective on, yep. perspective on life and stuff. <laughs> Okay, damn it. <laughs> I thought I was uh, going to kind it's of... It's never over. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's good because you're then learning more and more things about yourself yeah. and then at some point hopefully becoming like the best version of yourself as well. Like, yeah. Um, because you're kind of doing all this work in the background. Yeah, um, I think like you're... That's the thing, like you're the best version of yourself. You're always trying to achieve it, but mm. it might change or, yeah. you know, you're always kind of like striving for that, but yeah. you, you're... I think so. Like, you never really get there, right? Mm. It's like what you want to tend to, Mm-mm. but, you know, it's mm. like always a work in progress. Yeah. I hope that's not too depressing, though. No, <laughs> no, it's not. That's It's life, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's part of ourselves and also, like, you know, it makes us the people that we are today, too. Yeah. So important. I guess if we circle back a little bit, what did your experience in fashion taught you or, like, 
what are the learnings that you kind of had that helped you to do the things that you do today as a consultant? Hmm. I think um, what I recently realized even more is my first experience at uh, Vuitton. So I was there for like seven, eight years, something like that, mm -hmm. which is a long time. I never thought I would be like, I never actually, it's horrible to say, but like I never dreamt of being a, at like work at their company. It just kind of happened. Okay. And then I, when I was in it, I just really enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to stay in. But I realized that, and one of the reasons I think why this company is like so incredible and like the, you know, one mm -hmm. of the biggest com like luxury companies is it managed to hire really talented people, but also create this culture where people were really working together. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that I've rarely experienced. Just like great minds really there to sort of like listen to each other bounce off each other bounce off ideas and really have this like collaborative approach and I think only not I think actually I realized only when I got out of the company because it was my first experience I realized how how amazing that was and mm. that not every company I was mm. so naive when I got out like not every company works that way mm. Because yeah. to me, it was a given, you know, yeah. I had been in that structure for so long and it was the first defining um, experience in my professional life. And so that was very, very interesting. And I saw it again. I can't give too many details, but like I saw it again mm -hmm. recently. And I was like, this is amazing. We had amazing people around the table, like incredible. I can't say who they were, but like incredible people. And seeing how they were kind of like you know, exchanging ideas and in like a matter of a day, we just like all together worked on this project to, mm. to make it absolutely like a thousand times better than it was at the beginning of the day. Mm. And that was fascinating, I think. And then the second, which is kind of a good thing. And I think also something I unlearned is luxury and fashion. It's very much about detail. Mm. Um, and I think while it's absolutely incredible, like, I know that up until today, um, sometimes I'm like stuck on a little, is that dot mm -hmm. there or should mm -hmm. there be a space in there? Or, you know, like, how does mm -hmm. it look visually? I think like also the visual aspect of things mm -hmm. in fashion and luxury is like super, you know, is like key. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I've definitely taken on. But then on the other side, like on the flip side, sometimes trying to do something perfectly mm -hmm. it can be an enemy, you mm -hmm. know? I love this like sentence that says like, how does it is it done is better than perfect mm. which is something that like is mostly used in tech so I kind of try to balance that out I'm like how good can it be today if we need to deliver it like mm -hmm. today this week and then what's our like north star what are what is like what are we trying to get to um mm -hmm. and when can we and it's sort of like balancing that out Uh, because in luxury, yeah, you do always say, if it's not perfect, it cannot go yeah. out, you know. But I think also luxury is changing and like fashion is changing a little bit because at least I can, you know, I, I work more in sort of this, you know, innovative projects and that's always kind of been what I've uh, been involved in. You have to be a bit more comfortable with the uncomfortable. So, yeah, I think those are the two big things that I've sort of like mm. my key takeaways from working in that industry it's quite interesting that you're actually um saying that because not saying that you know it's a generality but i feel like the fashion industry has definitely a lot of things to learn from other industries oh, in yeah. terms of innovation people 
diversity and inclusion yep. and obviously there are there are also a lot of amazing like advantages like it's such a creative industry there are a lot of incredible people that i also worked with mm. and it's a beautiful industry but there's also a lot of things to improve so it's great that you had an experience like that yeah um, in such a big house yeah. as well because i think it's quite rare Um, yeah but i think like you know i won't don't want to sugarcoat it like there were also some horrible people you know <laughs> I mean, yeah well, let's be honest yeah. but i think in every industry in every company there is you know mm-hmm. i do believe that in fashion we tend to value talent more than the rest mm. you know the other skills and i think probably i don't know it's a combination of maybe like me being lucky but also because i've worked more on sort of like tech and innovation projects maybe i was with different set of people around yeah. me or maybe i just like really wanted to stick with the good ones mm. you know yeah yeah <laughs> you know i have some like fashion cringe stories <laughs> but i also have some amazing memories mm. so you know yeah i kind of always try to take the positive yeah Let's hear a really horrible fashion story, I guess. <laughs> oh my god. Uh no, I think one that was it wasn't terrible, but it was like really scary mm-hmm. because it was what well, I think I had been at Vuitton for a couple of months. So obviously like, you know, you're very young, it's the first time that you're working and also like in a really big company. And then I was working in the ready to wear department at the time. And It's like I was a nobody, right? No mm-hmm. one knew my name. I mean, my boss is obviously but like otherwise no one knew who I was. Mm-hmm. They just knew I was like it, right? Mm-hmm. And so, but I was working on in like sales merchandising, which basically means I was doing a lot of like Excel spreadsheets and kind of working on the ready to wear collections and the mm-hmm. fashion show also, but really on like the business side. So, how, you know, like the open to buys, looking at budgets, how much would we kind of like allocate to each region, etc. Mm-hmm. So, I was in Excel a lot and, you know, PowerPoints and and on the phone basically like talking to our regions and stuff. So one day, and I remember my, it was very awkward because like my desk was, like the door was in my back. So everyone could see what I was doing on my screen. And like when anyone would enter the room, mm. like I was just, yeah, my back was at the door. So it was like really strange. And then I remember this like vividly, the big boss like walks in and she was this like very tall woman, very imposing Everyone was kind of scared of her. She wasn't very, you know, like, warm. And so she walks in and I can't remember if she looks at me or she looks at my boss and he goes, can, uh, like, pointing at me. And she's like, what is uh, this girl doing in the next couple of days? And I'm like, me? (laughs) And my boss goes like, no, it's, you know, like I I don't know. What do you have in mind? Um, I'm not going to say her name. And she goes, well, we absolutely need help in the studio, in the atelier, because the fashion show is in a few days and it's a mess. Mm. So she needs to come in, follow me and like help out because, yeah, we need help. And I, I look at, you know, yeah. I had two bosses. Yeah. I was like, what do I do? What do I do? And I go, yeah, sure, sure. Like Vision will come with you, yeah. you know, tell her what she needs to do. <laughs> so like, I walk in the elevator with this woman who doesn't even know my name. Yeah. And, like we go up till on the last floor because at the time the studio was on the last floor it was amazing Mm -hmm. and then I go how can I help and then she says okay so Mark Jacobs just decided to change completely his collection because he just finished like New York Fashion Week and he wants to he just sent like new drawings so we have to redo the whole collection you just have to make yourself useful and I go 
what, what do you mean <laughs> like okay but yeah. what do you mean yeah. and she's like i'll introduce you to the head of the studio and then she'll tell you everything and so basically she just put me there said i can't remember even the name of the this lovely woman who was like i think it was Françoise, like the head of the studio and she goes vivian Françoise, Françoise vivian there you go and then she leaves and i go okay, okay. <laughs> and then i had like a little i don't know a snack or something mm -hmm. and the first thing she tells me bless this woman she was mm -hmm. lovely she's like i'm so sorry but you cannot eat in the studio i'm like Of course, <laughs> like What? first mistake, yeah. you know, like, so like, okay, sure. I put it in the bin and then I'm like, how can yeah. I help you? What yeah. can I do? Yeah. And she's like, okay, let's think. I don't know. Maybe you can first like ask people around if they need anything. And I go, great. What? Like seriously, it was just like I had been picked up from like the <laughs> office. And basically I had to figure out how to help these people yeah. who are like, amazing yeah but i had just been like plucked there <laughs> and so for literally three days i just started making friends with everyone and be like <laughs> how can i help you is everything okay yeah. you know can i bring you anything or do you need you know and like basically it was like either helping one of the pattern makers to help her like redo a pattern Or at one point I said, oh, we got like this delivery of fabric and mm -hmm. we and they're like crinkled fabrics. And so we need just someone to like take the fabric out mm -hmm. of the bags, you know. So like all of these little things. I was obviously like very young and I was like, yeah. I'll do anything. Yeah. But, you know, it was kind of this situation where I was just all of a sudden someone said, sure, we'll we'll get Vivian, you know, like this yeah. little young fella to like help yeah. us out and she'll figure it out. And I really had to figure it out. Mm -hmm. But at the beginning, like the first mm. few minutes, I was, it was so daunting because I was thinking, they're just gonna like laugh at me or be yeah, like, yeah. why is she, yeah. you know, like I really wanted to yeah. make myself useful. So I think that was the most scary kind of <gasps> oh devil worst product kind of moment. Yeah, because you're like, you're here, but then you don't know why you're here really. Yeah, exactly. And you need to figure it out by yourself. Yeah. In an environment that where you're not already stressed. And yeah. in an environment where you're not necessarily familiar with because I guess like also the studio design yeah. thing is exactly very specific yeah. area and then at one point that was actually funny they again they were just like yeah can you go back downstairs because the office of like Mark Jacobs was downstairs mm -hmm. and they were redoing the ground floor and they're like yeah I think it's like you get off the elevator left right left right like no nothing no specific <laughs> Oh my god. And then I'm like, okay, sure, I'll do that. And I obviously open the wrong door and I just like walk in Mark Jacobs. No yes. way. And like in a one-to-one -one meeting with his like business partner and I go, sorry, wrong door. Oh, <laughs> just no. close it. Oh my god, so and embarrassing. Like, This is great. <laughs> but but again, I was like, they don't know who I am. Yeah, they're never gonna find <laughs> they me. They don't know my name. It's fine. Yeah. I just opened the door. <laughs> But on that moment of... Yeah, yeah it's like panic attack. <laughs> yeah, and then very nicely though, I was obviously like mega tired after three days because I was working until like 10, 11 p.m., like super mm. late. But it was very fun. And then obviously the day of the fashion show, you know, I tell my boss, like I'm gonna just... like, she, or Actually, she tells me, she's like, take your day off. You've worked mm. more than enough. Like, thank you so much, etc. And then she calls me. I think I was in bed. <laughs> she calls me, she says, actually... Um, our boss, not to say her name, mm. just uh, wants to know if you want to come to the fashion show. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I put on some like pants and tried to, I don't know, yeah. like look yeah. decent. And so she actually was quite nice because she like got wow. me, uh, yeah, 
the pass to attend the fashion show. That Amazing. was cool. So it was all worth it. Yeah, it was, nice. <laughs> it was actually interesting. Oh, nice. That's also when you realize like fashion shows are overrated. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. All of that work for 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, exactly. But Definitely. it was cool. Yeah. Oh my God, that's so funny. Well, you seem like you had a really uh, like interesting experience working in fashion. Yeah. yeah. No, but it was fun. Like you know, you get some fun stories, but it's not. Um, yeah, people often think it's like you know mm. the glitters yeah. and it's like fun and but mm. it's it's hard work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, definitely. And so to kind of link back everything together. So you've worked in fashion for a couple of years. You've had this amazing experience and you have tried out some things like building your own yep. business and kind of went back working in-house and stuff and then one day you were like okay now I'm ready to kind of yep. go solo and be um, a, a consultant and kind of build my own business you're also like co-founder mm -hmm. uh, of Fashion Conversations yep. so I will talk about that too later but what was I guess now from your experience um, like one of the biggest challenge of building your own business I think my biggest challenge was just first knowing if someone would be interested in working with me you know mm. like I had never tested the waters obviously like mm. you know the business that I had which was called twist it was like my own it wasn't as a consultant I had never been a consultant before so asking people to actually you know like put a price on like your services can be a bit daunting I didn't want to leave my job and be in this like gray zone of not having anyone and being this you know like this spiral mm. of I don't have a client I have to hustle I have to find someone and like being in that mindset so I mm. really wanted to find to make sure that I was leaving with something so that was for me the biggest one the rest I built it over the years I obviously became very intentional about leaving and about working on my next step mm -hmm. after I came back from my maternity leave and so so yeah I think that was for me the biggest thing is like find fi actually like find a client and find someone that I, you know I feel really great about working with but also who um, is aligned with like my value you know mm. and like putting a value on on like experience how do you overcome challenges now because i think the all the good side of like being an entrepreneur yeah. like working by yourself like like we talked about like freedom and yeah kind of um the ability to choose what we do with our time and yeah. the people we're surrounded with but i guess i mean for me personally i've had a lot of like struggles as well and challenges as you know being a early entrepreneur yeah um so what did you learn from like building your own kind of business and how do you overcome challenges yeah I think the biggest challenge for me is going back to this definition of success mm -hmm. um, is like not over promising because I think I'm so passionate about the people I work with and the projects I work on mm. that I want to do more always like I want I'm like yes and this because I have like a lot of ideas and I always want to do more and then it's kind of like stopping myself and saying Viv you can but you'll be working until 2 a.m mm. you know and so putting that boundary I think because I'm such a passionate, you know, I have a, like I'm a very passionate personality. So that's probably my biggest challenge right now. Mm. And reminding me like why I'm doing it. It's like you want to like close your laptop an hour earlier because like that's important for you. Do it. Don't think that you're like chasing 
doing three more things on your to-do list will make it better mm-hmm. you know like sure it's the instant you know mm-hmm. like dopamine of yeah. like oh my god i did 15 things on my to-do list today like <laughs> that gets me like really excited yeah. but also kind of balancing that out with mm-hmm. having a more mindful life having yeah and also i have a you know i have a daughter and like i want to be able to spend time with her it's kind of finding that balance it's so hard i can definitely yeah. relate to that because i have kind of the same issue where i'm like i'm so passionate about what i do i can like stay for hours and hours on the topic and work on it and learn about it and but yeah i'm also trying really hard to put boundaries with myself and have some kind of not saying that i do a a nine to five job but like saying i'm working from this time till this time yeah because otherwise like exactly you can go on for like yeah yeah when you're doing something that you're really passionate about Mm you know like time kind of like stops Mm. but it's important to sort of like have that boundary and say okay I'm I could do it but Mm -hmm. I don't think it's really worth it Mm. you know yeah definitely but also I don't want to like over promise to you know any of my clients and be like sure I'll do this for you today and then actually I go oh no Mm. I'm I cannot and then I over promise because I you know I'm gave like a deadline that's not um Mm. That's actually not realistic. Yeah. Learning to say no. Uh, yeah. As well. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a big people pleaser. Yeah. Same. <laughs> same here. <yeah. laughs> yes, of course I can do it. Yeah, yeah exactly. 48 hours. Yes, of yeah. course. Yeah. No and it's so weird because like, I'm very good at telling other people, like, yeah. don't do this. Like, yeah. don't overpromise. You're over, yeah. like, right, like, I'm very good. It's always the same yeah. thing. Yeah. You know, like, you're very yeah. good at recognizing those patterns in other people and the people that, you know, I like, have in my team. Mm. Like, I go, no, you do not have the time to do this. How can we alleviate mm. that from your plate? But mm. for me, I'm like very bad at doing it. Not very bad. Mm. Learning. Work in progress. <laughs> do you have a, an accountability buddy or like someone who kind of <sighs> no, maybe helps I you should. with that? Right now yeah. it's my husband. Yeah. But I think I should like find someone mm. who's mm. Uh, less in my like day-to-day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because I, I find that it can be really hard to stop yourself or kind yep. of auto-manage yourself. Yeah, to exactly. For this kind of thing. So, um, yeah, having someone sometimes who kind of tell you now you need to yep. stop yep. or, yeah. That's um, a good idea, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I'm not at that point yet at all, but I think, you know, in the future, I'd yep. like to have someone who kind of can help me with that. Right. So let's talk about fashion conversations. Yeah. So can you tell us a little bit more about this? So Fashion Conversations is a community that I co-founded in 2019. So we're celebrating next month our fourth year anniversary. Mm-hmm. It's very daunting. I started this with a very good friend of mine, uh, Mariana Farrow. Um, hi, Mariana. It's funny because I reached out to her initially. Like we didn't know each other, but I was organizing like um, networking dinners at the time. So I was always researching people to come in and like speak because we always had like a host who was someone from the industry. And I reached out and we basically just like, you know, it was like, we bonded at first sight we went on a coffee that became like a drink and then two drinks and then it was also valentine's day and we didn't have plans Mm -hmm. um because both of our partners were out of town and then yeah it just was like instant connection and so she's now a very good friend but we started fashion conversations because we both come from the industry but also have different backgrounds and we both come from other countries she comes from italy i come from belgium i've lived in like different places she also has and so through the years we kind of learned and met people 
that were amazing, but not living in the same place, working in the fashion industry, but again, having like very different jobs within the industry. Mm -hmm. And we just wanted to create a space where we could connect those people together. Because I think in London specifically, what happens very often, more than in other countries, is like people are very eager or very kind of open to being intro, to being connected with others. You know, like mm -hmm. that happens a lot more mm -hmm. than in any other country that I've lived in, which is great. But then when you introduce people, you kind of don't know what's, what yeah, happens what's afterwards. Connecting them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so that's how basically fashion conversation started mm -hmm. and then we we really want to we are about connecting and creating meaningful conversations within the industry but also with and tapping into our collective intelligence so we not only help people connect with each other what is important for us is um, also connecting people not just across the industry but um, across different countries because You could be having exactly the same issues or challenges, whether you are based in, you know, like in London or in Cairo or mm -hmm. wherever, you know, in mm -hmm. the world. As long as you're working on kind of the same topic or, you know, we are, I think people who work within the fashion industry, a lot of us, they, we want to kind of have an impact, but we also find it so daunting sometimes. And so it's about like bringing our collective intelligence together, bringing our resources together, helping each other in a much more efficient way, but also organic way. And so we organize, like we have different ways for our members to connect. Uh, we're also a nonprofit, so we're really trying to do this, just really to create like impact and, and, and have an impact on like people's mission. But specifically like Marianne and myself, we don't really believe in like for-profit communities. I know it's a like big thing mm -hmm. and great for other people who you know who are doing it like we don't think this is really how we see them in mm. our community so if anyone wants to sponsor fashion conversations please send me a dm <laughs> um but yeah we're basically we have because we're based in now 14 different countries we have more than 150 members we have different ways that we connect our community we have regular calls on fridays where mm. There's always a theme or there's a speaker and we try to bring kind of a, you know, topic like of the moment or that could be useful for our members. We also have events and we're working on the next one for June that will be open to like people outside of the community also. Mm -hmm. um, we're working on a few like potential partnerships and yeah, it's it's really super interesting mm -hmm. and it's just amazing when you kind of hear, you know, someone who connected Uh, or that we help through our community or mm -hmm. you know like it's it's yeah it's those kind of things that just make you feel kind of alive and yeah really making a good thing yeah it's meaningful I mean I'm really excited about this because I've just applied to be yeah. part of the community <laughs> so I'm really looking forward to see like all the great things that you've planned for yeah. for fashion conversations but yeah I'm I'm interested to go back to something that you said about like because I mean I don't necessarily know a lot about how building communities mm -hmm. and so on so what why did you say um that you know you don't necessarily believe in prof for profit communities um what's the difference really what would you say yeah is? i think because we are very conscious about uh bringing a lot of different expertise within the industry and we also know that by adding a price tag to the relationship that we're building or the service that we're offering, however you want to call it, 
it would deter some people from joining. Mm. Now, there's pros and there's cons, obviously. But, you know, there are some, some people who are in the community who could not afford it. Mm. Or it would maybe slightly change the relationship that we have with our members. Mm. Um, and right now, what is very important to us is... You know, we're obviously like growing and scaling. We're, you know, accepting like new members like yourselves. But it's not about like rapid scale. For us, it's really about finding people who share our mindset mm. and you have the same sort of, not vision, but the same values. Mm -hmm. However you ask people to pay, however much you ask people to pay, mm. it slightly changes the dialogue. Mm. And that's not really what you know mm. i think what feels comfortable for us or what feels natural to us so yeah mm. uh, we do sort of for example when we do in-person events we ask for a ticket and people are more than you know happy to pay for that and that's normal because we book like mm. you know space, a space yeah. and, uh, food and um and beverages etc but i think for the rest we that's why we kind of want to try and find some you know long-term partners who could like support our mission but not asking the members because then it slightly distorts mm. the yeah yeah i guess from um even from as you said from an inclusion perspective people might not be able to afford um these kind of things and mm. also i feel like now there are so many different clubs yeah. and communities and things that you can be part of yeah, which exactly. is which is great by the way because i think like a couple of years ago when you were an entrepreneur or a founder, like you didn't necessarily have all these communities mm -hmm. that you kind of had to do it to build your network by yourself. Yep. So having this community is super important and it's great. But I feel like I do agree with you. I think that because there are so many now, we need to make sure that they are all like really, really inclusive and that it's not just about one community or like one type of person yeah. yeah and i think we we really try to find sort of that sweet spot between you know like a members club like a stack world soho house etc and a random whatsapp group that you're part of mm. <laughs> you know there's mm. so many of these whatsapp groups where you just added mm. you don't know who's on it mm. sometimes there's good conversations or some good like interesting messages sometimes it's you know not yeah. that great yeah But it's like finding that balance between the two. And we've we've discussed a lot about it, you know, um, and everyone has their own opinion mm -hmm. um, about what we should be doing. But for the moment, yeah, we really do feel like putting a price tag. And especially if we're in different countries, like the mm -hmm. value of even like five euros will have a different value, five pounds, you know, in mm -hmm. London or for someone who lives in like Portugal or... Mm -hmm you know, or Romania or like we have really have members across the world. So, so yeah, I think mm. for the moment, this is what sounds, yeah. you know, feels good. Mm. We'll see how it evolves. But, um, but yeah. yeah, that's, that's great. Um, yeah, it's, it's super exciting and I'm really looking forward to see like all the things yeah, that are planned. Wait. Yeah. I will put a link in the, um, the description for if people want to have a look. Yes, um, definitely. Join. We're on Instagram now. We have a LinkedIn page. And we're really yes. working on bringing also value to not only our members, but people who like follow us. Mm. Uh, we're starting to do like a few things sort of to, you know, like a newsletter and um, to kind of have a, 
you know, wrap up of like interesting things we've seen um, or that we want to share. And then like even I think tomorrow we'll post about a few like jobs that we've, you know, um, seen from our network or mm. from our members, you know, things that really sort of, yeah, bring value um, and can help great people yeah, connect and uh, or find jobs or, you know, find uh, interesting like insights and things mm. like that. Yeah, no, definitely. That's great. So I guess now looking back with all the experiences that you had with like, um, you know, your business as a consultant, your um, being a co-founder at the Fashion Conversations, are there things that you would do differently? Mm, I don't know, probably tons, <laughs> but also I guess maybe if I hadn't done it, I wouldn't have like the learnings and I wouldn't be here today. Mm. Like, I think definitely what like every experience that I've had like led me to where I'm at today. So I don't know, actually. And I try to like not regret things. It's hard. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And again, learning in progress. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Work in progress. But yeah, I think it's hard to kind of go back and just say oh, I should have done this like differently or should have done it this way or because mm. I'm an overthinker also so when I mm. sort of like start thinking like that yeah it's not really good, not <laughs> a good pattern so yeah. I try to sort of stop that yeah. that sense. voice inside my head so I don't know well you can say no you no know, I don't like, think so maybe you're really happy with like, I don't think so um yeah that's great yeah I was just wondering because you know sometimes you hear a lot of different things from different people from like different entrepreneurs and their life and stuff and yeah. you're like it all seems like they figured out like this all together mm -mm. like and but sometimes it's not about regrets but you kind of look back and you're like oh maybe I should have done this yeah. earlier or maybe I should no I think maybe um, maybe my first job after Louis Vuitton like I would probably I was so naive But because, again, I was like, I had a great experience. Like, mm -hmm. overall, I had a great experience. And I think I was just kind of going into another company, going into another job, just which also is like a very big challenge. It was a new role. Mm. I had to sort of like establish the role myself, etc. And I think I probably would have like asked more questions or mm. tried to understand a bit more, like prepare a bit more. I think it was all like very... Mm -hmm. Hello, I'm yeah. here. <laughs> I'm me. here to help. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's me, Vivian. Yeah. And I'm kind of being kind of challenged from the first day. And I was like, oh, okay. Mm. I was not expecting that. So I think probably I would have, yeah, like not prepared, but I probably would have liked to understand a bit, yeah, a bit more, like challenge a bit more what was sort of like offered and mm. where I was being put. But, you know. Yeah, makes sense. Okay. years later yeah. I, you know yeah, it was yeah. like a really interesting experience yeah like was I on the verge of you know like uh, burnout yeah but <laughs> you know kind of lesson yeah. learned I guess it taught you a lot of stuff too yeah. yeah what tips would you give young people who are either I mean I know it's two two like very different things but who would like to get into fashion entrepreneurial adventure or an entrepreneurial adventure mm -hmm. overall what would be what tips would you give young people that are kind of want to do that but maybe a bit scared, scared yeah. to jump in and i think just starting is already a good one you know like i think the first step is always the hardest mm. and i 
also didn't know anyone like when I when I was kind of like thinking of working in fashion like seriously I was this like you know young kid and studying in Belgium at a business school and I was like I could go into finance or consulting as like 85% of my you know friends colleagues Mm -hmm. but I'm also probably going to be super bored and like Mm -hmm. am I going to be really happy don't think so Mm -hmm. so with you know like starting from that I kind of had to figure things out and I just started reaching out to people Mm. um and I think like we also discussed about this you know it's like people will really love talking about themselves yeah (laughs) so you know like right on that ego trip yeah and just ask people and say I'm very you know like your experience seems absolutely incredible I'm kind of asking myself a few questions to be in your Mm. field or your type of industry would love to have like you know, a short conversation with you to understand a bit how you, like, how you did Mm. it. Most people won't answer, but Mm. you only need a few, right? So I think that's the the biggest, probably the the biggest struggle that I had, you know, at the beginning. And that can be kind of daunting Mm. to start. And, you know, even if only a few people, if you do it with kindness and Mm -hmm. you do it with authenticity, Mm. you know, you have, like, nothing to lose. Yeah, I think that's a very interesting point because uh, we talked about it already, but I was so scared at the very beginning of being like, oh my God, I will need to reach out to people. Like, why would they like to talk to me? I don't want to bother them. I don't want to take too much of their time, blah, blah, blah. And then I realized that actually from all the people that I contacted, like overall, whether it's for the podcast or like just to have a chat or whatever, Mm -hmm. I think more than half of them actually answered and said yeah first because yeah they like talking about themselves obviously (laughs) and that doesn't cause them too much to to do that but also like the point you said around being kind and authentic I think if people feel that you come to them with real intentions and authentic intentions and that you're just here to learn basically yeah exactly then people are mostly happy to help yeah yeah no I agree and like what's the worst that can happen yeah. You know, yeah. they can either not answer or say, so kind for you to reach out. I don't have the time. Yeah. Like, I don't think anyone will ever say, oh, my God, that is so rude. <laughs> like, why would you ask me like, no. to explain <laughs> and give you, like, all of my tips? Yeah. You see what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Most people are not like that. Yeah. So, yeah, just, like, start. And nowadays we have so many amazing tools. Like, I even reached out sometimes on Instagram to people. Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah. even recently, I was reaching out to like a CEO of a very big company, and you know, in France, like they went on like on TV. I was like, oh my god, I loved your, you know, what I like your little segment on 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 a TV show. I had this idea. I don't know, and I even wrote it. I'm like, I don't know if you're gonna see my Instagram message because I'm sure you get a ton of them. But in case you do and yeah. you're interested, let me know. Yeah. And he replied, yeah, a couple of weeks later. But he said. Thank you so much, Vivian, for reaching out. It's such a lovely message. Like, actually, this idea might be a bit too early, but, you know, I'll keep yeah. it in mind. Have a great day. I'm like, hmm, thank you. Yeah, you know, nice. like, yeah. Yeah. super nice. Yeah. And even if he hadn't answered, I'm sure he probably wasn't bothered by my message, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, um, so, yeah, you never know. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's so true. Right. So after everything that we talked about today, yep. what would you say is your superpower? Oh, <laughs> I don't know. I have the exact same reaction from everyone <laughs> who comes here like, wow. wow. <laughs> I think I'm very funny. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that could be a superpower. I mean, that is definitely. 
No, I think I maybe that's kind of like not my superpower, but I think I make people at ease. You know, like、mm. I connect with people, but again, like you know, not in. Yeah, I try to always find like something that we like have in common or something where we can connect,、mm -hmm. and like finding that out. So you create like report with someone.、Mm -hmm. I think that's probably. What I've actually I didn't realize initially it was a superpower of mine, and people have told me that. Really, I, I、yeah. you know at first I thought everyone you know was like、yeah. very good at small talk, not small talk, but like creating yeah. a connection. Yeah, being friendly. And, yeah. yeah, and in the last couple of years, people have like it's funny like sometimes more and more like people introduce me sometimes as like Vivian the super connector, or like <laughs> Vivian knows everyone, or you know oh Vivian has a great and I go oh okay. You know, like when you hear people describe you to other people,、mm. that's kind of when you realize what your superpower is. But because I didn't realize it was, you know,、yeah. something that,、yeah. like I was an expert at. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, creating that relationship、yeah. very easily with people, I think like I'm pretty good at. Yeah, and you have that energy as well. Like we can feel it. You have that. Like. Yeah, but that's like.、Um, there's days when I'm like. I'm not in the mood. Yeah, because it it like it does take energy. You、oh, know,、yeah, you have to be、sure. really like intentional、mm. about connecting. It doesn't happen just because.、Mm. You know, like I I'm actually like very intentional about it.、Mm. And I remember actually when I was either working like at Ralph Lauren in the store or I was working at Vito and I was like client facing. You kind of like you go okay. I'm like not on on stage, but. You're like you put yourself out there,、mm. right? Like it really requires energy.、Mm. So yeah, yeah, I do that. Like I'm very mindful about you、mm. know doing it. And there are sometimes where I either have like an event or I you know、mm. or I know there's something that will you know where I want to bring that energy forward, but I don't have、mm. I don't know I you know the movie,、yeah. and then I'd rather cancel than just go and do like、mm. you know like halfway. Yeah, yeah, I think that goes back to a lot of things we said、uh, even about like. Putting boundaries like、yep. around when you have that energy and when to actually do these kind of things and yeah, it's it's something that I actually need to learn as well because same I'm I mean I'm someone who gets drained by other people in general like、yep. um like socially like I I love being with people but I'm also like a lone wolf yeah I, I like to say I'm a lone wolf and a social butterfly like I'm、mm -hmm. like. Um, but Introvert, extrovert. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But I, yeah, I need my alone time, and so I feel that sometimes I am not in the mood、yep. to go to that networking event to do that things. But I kind of push myself to do it, and at the end, I'm I'm happy. But I mean, yeah. Do you need to like recharge the batteries? You know. Yeah, and then do I go there with the right mindset?、Yep. Am I that? Welcoming as well. Do people really want to come and talk to me? Because people feel and see when yeah,、exactly. someone is uncomfortable and like. So yeah, I need to be more aware、Listen、of that. Listen to yourself. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Um, that was a, that's a really good a really good tip. So yeah, superpower is building connections. Connections. Right. So which change maker would you like to hear from next in this podcast? Ooh. I know because you've had some like interesting、uh, people on your podcast already,、mm. and I know you've interviewed someone I know. Oh,、mm. yes, yes, yes. I really do think that one of the big topic that we all need to sort of like discuss is either our planet Earth、mm. or like mental health because、mm. 
I do think like those are two really big, big things that um, are more and more prominent in our lives mm -hmm. um, and that need to be tackled. So anyone who has like good tips on that mm. would be welcome. I'd love to mm. yeah, hear them. Yeah, I actually have. So you're going to be in season two, actually, which is going to be focused on fashion change makers. Yep. So um, I actually, yeah, talk to a lot of people who are in the fashion sustainability place and talk a lot about and fashion and mental health. Yeah, and fashion and mental health I as know. well are connected. Yeah, definitely. Um, so so yeah, no, okay, that's a good one. I'll think I'll think about it. But if you have an idea at some point let me know yeah yeah i will cool well i guess we're getting to the end of that podcast that was <laughs> no. a really cool conversation <laughs> yeah thank you so much no Vivian. thanks laura that was fun yeah it was great and i hope that um it kind of gave listeners also some great inspiration and tips on you know how to manage being an entrepreneur or like working in fashion or and if not, send feedback. Yeah. Send, you know, questions. Sign up to the fashion conversation. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like if you thought it was crap, let me know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I'm sure I'm sure it wasn't. It was a really um like authentic and organic conversation. Cool. So super grateful for that. Thank you so much, Laura. Thank you, Vivian. Follow the Wonder Walkers podcast so that every two weeks you can get notified when a new episode is out. And I must say, if you don't, that's okay. But that would be a big miss because we have more inspiring and powerful guests to come. So let's meet up in two weeks for a new episode of Wonder Walkers, a podcast that transports you into the world of our modern change catalysts and empowers you too to change the world. This podcast is created and hosted by me, Laura Warnod, founder of The Culture Cabinet. Thank you to Content is Queen for producing the podcast. But above all, thank you for listening. See you soon.